is Yinkadis. Peace, this is Outlaw. And you listen to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we've got a, a put you up slash make it a classic for the debut album of Black Rob. Life Story released March 7th, 2000. And it's a put you up because I never listened to this album when it came out. Right, Yinka right. wanted me to listen to it because it was coming up on 20 years. Um, but we also thought it was a, a good enough album to talk about, but also not perfect. Could use some improvement, so we're going to do a, a make it a classic. And uh, Yinko, what makes you want to, to do this album? We talked about this album a little bit um, during the the Locks episode that we did. Yes, I think we did. it also got yeah. brought up maybe uh, briefly when we did the Mace episode. Okay. But um, this is an album that's kind of, I guess, in the staggered uh, release path. Of, of the bad boy, you know, run. Mm-hmm. This is kind of between two different hot bad boy runs. So it was okay. like they had a run, and then they fell off, and then they had another run, and then this is like dead in the middle of it. Okay. Um, and so it's kind of an album that never really gets talked about. Um, and when you talk, when you talk to people or you mention Black Rob, people kind of see Black Rob as like a one hit wonder. So it's just kind of like, oh, ha ha, Black Rob, you know. And even when when I mentioned the uh, Can I Live record, you were like, on Black Rob's album, like, why would I listen to Black Rob's album? So <laughs> exactly. I just felt like it was a good opportunity to, uh, to shed some light on an album that actually, I think, deserved a little bit more attention than it actually got. I'd agree with that. It yeah. definitely is an album worth listening to, an album worth discussing. So I'm glad that I finally got around to doing it. Um, but yeah, let's, let's just get into it. Where were you when this album right. came out? Where was I? I was in... Uh, Herndon, Virginia, um, at Oakton High School. Um, this was a time frame where I was probably in the right place to receive this album. Um, in that, uh, Black Rob's story is that of you know, kind of a, a wayward youth. Mm. Um, not to say that I was ever a wayward youth, <laughs> but you know, if I ever had a wayward time in my life, it was probably this one. Right. Um, so just you know, the, a lot of the stories of, of you know what what's going on with him at the time, you know, cutting class, not necessarily being a stick up kid, but you know, cutting class, getting in fights, doing all types of rebellious shit. Um, that's pretty much what this album is about. So that's Mind you, where Yinka I think it was a good student, graduated <laughs> from a, a good university, Facts. has a good job, but was a p- potential wayward youth as a young. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know. It is what it is. But uh, I think, you know, this album, what the subject matter was and, you know, I guess the tone of it. um, One of the things I think that really struck me about this album is um, in black music, um, there is a a kind of an underlying tone, right? We we, we talk a lot about fatherlessness in our community. Yeah. Um, But another kind of tone that has is maybe has a, a result of the fatherlessness in our community is um the relationships of a black man and his mother mm-hmm. um and and you hear a lot of songs like you know the the boys to men song you hear a lot of songs where, where people talk about having very close and strong relationships with their mothers i didn't necessarily have that growing up and so this might have been the first album that i heard where somebody actually did not have a close relationship with their mother and dealt with that on the album. So, you know, he actually has parts of the album where he's addressing his mother and talking to her about the issues that he has with her. Right. And I think that those, some of those, that subject matter resonated with me as well. I got you. All right. So where were you? 
So where was I? I was in high school. This is the, I guess, spring of my junior year. But um, I think mainly the things that I was listening to were, you know, the albums that just came out, Common, um, like Waterford Chocolate, the big one, mm -hmm. Supreme Clientele, which we reviewed last week. Mm -hmm. And uh, apologies for the edits. We kind of had a hard time with that episode. We were kind of all over the Man. place. So yeah, yeah, just bear with us on it. But um, <laughs> Uh, the other thing that I was really doing is I was, you know, getting more into Biggie around this time. Um, and I had started to get into Biggie, like, uh, you know, the, I guess like towards the end of my sophomore year, the fall of my junior year, really getting into Nas and things like that. But like around this time, I'm really, really into Biggie. That right. being said, I wasn't particularly into Bad Boy. Um, right. I didn't, I didn't care for Black Rob. I didn't think he was nice. And I think this is probably around the time when I think we mentioned on one of the previous episodes we had done, I, I can't remember which one it was, but I was mm -hmm. talking about how when I was introduced to hip hop, mm -hmm. I kind of did like a little history lesson, right? Mm -hmm. For myself. So I went back and I listened to all the greats. I went back to listen to Cool G Rap, KRS One, Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, yeah. and you know, the early Nas projects and things like that. And yeah. so the albums that I'm picking around this time are all really good pieces of music. But this was also around the time when I started to realize that not everything that's, that's coming out, like there's just a lot of whack shit out there. And to Facts. me, Black Rob, I was never impressed with him. Um, there's yeah. a lot of other projects that are coming out. It's yeah. whack. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm not really fucking with this stuff. So that's kind of like the yeah. headspace where I was at. I was definitely right. writing. I was definitely doing my, my graffiti and my, my, my portraiture, trying to right. break dance shit like that. I was doing all that stuff. So... Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of my headspace where, where this album, you know, where this album was you, when it came out. Do you remember where you were when you heard Woe? And the reason I'm asking is because I think that is a good place to kind of start when we talk about so, this album. So I don't. And the reason why okay. I don't is because when you told me, like when we were looking at the timeline of albums, I was surprised mm -hmm. this album came out in 2000. I thought yeah. this shit came out in 2001 because mm. Woe was still a smash yes. my first year in college, which was yes. the whole next year and into <laughs> 2002. People were still rocking the Woe. I remember it coming out and I remember it being a big deal, but I cannot remember where I was. And the reason mm. why, and I was going to say this later, but I'll get into it now. I fucking right. hated that shit. I really? hated Woe. It's okay uh, now. I can. It's fine now. It's cool. But I did yeah. not like the song Woe. I thought it was overrated. I couldn't understand what everybody okay. was feeling about it. I thought this shit was yeah. garbage. So wow. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I loved that beat. Oh, um, I oh, everybody does. The, yeah, I thought that the. Um, I mean, it, it almost felt like the East Coast response to what was going on in the South, right? In yeah, that, you know, yeah, that's a good you point. You had like Ha, and you had you know Back yeah. That Ass Up, and you had all these records where it was just is it is Ha, is it is Ha, you know, it was yeah. mad repetitive, and so it felt like somebody from New York took that formula and yeah. created their own twist on like oh this is a repetitive thing mm -hmm. uh but 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 i liked it and and i think you know um it also gave us a slang because i remember people being like whoa like whoa became a thing i <laughs> like, guess so uh, i guess and, and whoa almost became pause for us before pause because <laughs> i remember there's a specific line and i'm my bad for saying this but it is what it is there's a line where he says finger near nigga asshole like whoa <laughs> and, and, you, and you just hear that ad lib like whoa so i feel like all the homies was like whoa like that just became 
you know, like a slang. I, I, I like hear we, you. I just feel like woe is, has always just been common vernacular. Like woe. Yeah, but, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Right. We, you know, but and then and then he put, he came out with that remix where there was you know two hundred people on it. Mm, um, yeah. And so I just remember the hype around this record was really really big. And I remember, you know, we also are coming from different perspectives because your ear was was trained in and and your kind of crew was Wu-Tang, right? Yeah. And and my kind of crew was Bad Boy, mm-hmm. right? So so now at this point in time for me as a person, I'm coming off the Bad Boy run, right? Because Bad Boy has now been trash for mm. for at least a solid year, right? <laughs> if not more. Um they've completely fallen off and I've I've become a ruckus head. Right. So, you know, I've I'm I've also become a, a big L fan. I'm a huge big mm-hmm. L fan. Um, so I, I love the ITC. So Buckwild does the beat for yeah, Woe. Yeah. So I'm, I'm already liking that. And then this is kind of a resurgence of Bad Boy uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in a way. And so I think, you know, those kind of factors are things that endeared me to it. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, that, that, that's where I was. I guess we could talk about the critical reception. We should. You, we should. Aware of, of it. And the only cr- cr- critical reception I remember at the time Mm-hmm. Um, specifically about the album was I do remember the source giving it four and a half mics and I was just like really Black Rob yeah. four and a half mics well <laughs> fuck the source I think Whoa. this was one of the I think this was one of the albums where I was just like you know what fuck the source like I don't care about the ratings yeah, anymore yeah. you know you're, you're gonna tell me that this is this album with this guy who in my opinion especially at the time I did not think yeah. he was nice you're no gonna fact. get this the same rating as you get Supreme Clientele? Fuck out right. of here. You know, right. I mean, your opinion means nothing to me. That's yeah, that was my facts. mindset back then. I yeah. definitely remember that because I remember I had conversations with people and they were like, oh, but you like, you respect the source rating. Source gave it four and a half mics. That should mean something to you. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Maybe I don't yeah. respect the source ratings anymore. Cause fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, because I because again, you know, I was gonna say, and I, I guess I'm 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 putting the critical reception with the peer reception, but yeah. like Nobody talked about this album. Right. Nobody talked about this album. Um, and I remember, you know, this is around the time where I'm becoming a DJ. Um, yeah, and yeah, really okay. trying to, you know, do my thing as a DJ. And, you know, again, you know, we talked about the early days of of me being a DJ and kind of having to pay your dues and, yeah. and pick up on records that, you know, may not have really been the big records. And I remember Espacio, them trying to put Espacio out as a single. Um, and and me trying to tell people like, yo, Black Rob has this other record that's really hard, and nobody wanted to hear that shit. Like it was one of those records I would have to sneak in early in the night, you know, so that people people would bop to it. And like you said, nobody thought Black Rob was nice, mm-hmm. and nobody really cared. Like you know, so I mean, it's interesting that the critical reception seems to be so positive because like nobody was talking about. Yeah, well, I mean, we can get into that when because uh, I have do I do have some opinions on why some of the mm-hmm. critical reviews were high. Um, we could just you know, yeah, get, get started with the highlights. So yeah, so I'll start it off with the highlights. Puff Daddy, as an executive uh-huh. producer, really did his thing on this album. Yeah. And you know, we've said in the past that really, you know, P Diddy, Puff Daddy, Sean Combs, whatever, really only worked mm-hmm. well with Biggie. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's evident when you look at some of the other hip hop projects that he's done. But mm-hmm. you had mentioned that, well, what about Black Rob Life Story? And I hadn't heard mm-hmm. that. But you were right. right. He did well as an executive producer on this album. It yeah. sounds good for the most part. I mean, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. There's some songs that annoy the fuck out of me. Hell but yeah. by and large, yeah, he, he did his thing on this album. Well, it's, yeah. it's good. 
Mm-hmm. That's my first highlight. Um, okay. Yeah, go but, ahead. Uh, go, go through yours. So, yeah. So I'll just start off with the general highlights and then we can go, we can do a, a song thing. Um, yeah. Some of the features, particularly Joe Hooker, uh, man, as a, just as a vocalist, his work on, um, oh shit. I Dare You or You Don't Know Me. Both of them. Both of yeah. them. His vocal contributions to the hooks really, really yeah. come through. Uh, I'm actually surprised Joe Hooker didn't do more because... Yeah, I really like. I remember actually, especially "I Dare You." I remember that song, and when I was yeah. listening to it recently, I was like, "Oh wow, I forgot how much I like this song. I forgot how much yeah, I like yeah, that yeah. hook." So yeah. you know, Joe Hooker's Joe Hooker's features are good. Some of so the other me, MCs are, are are good features as well. Let me piggyback on the Joe Hooker. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people don't know this, but Harv Pierre, the executive and yes. uh, Bad Boy, is Joe Hooker. Yes. Um, and and Harv Pierre is is my biggest highlight. Yeah. Um, Harv Pierre is the person who essentially believed in Black Rob because okay. I don't think Puff ever wanted to put this album out. Right. Um, and and so a lot of people don't know, but uh, Black Rob was on Bad Boy before Big was. Oh, really? So Black Rob joined Bad Boy in '94. You know, like around the time, maybe the early, early uh, uh, Big time. Mm-hmm. He got he got lapped by Big, who put out two albums before he ever put out an album. Yeah. He got lapped by Mace. Yeah. He got lapped by everybody on the label. Uh, uh, Puff did not believe in. Black Rob. Right. Um, Harf Pierre was kind of the friend that, you know, kept pushing um, Black Rob and giving him opportunities. He brought him I Dare You. He brought him Whoa. And I remember um, hearing a story on Combat Jack with Black Rob where, you know, they asked Black Rob, how'd he come up with Whoa? And he said he did it as a favor to Harf Pierre. He said he was on the block at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> And Harp Pierre called him and was like, hey, I'm going to come pick you up. I have a record for you. And he's like, all right. So he comes to the studio at 3 o'clock in the morning. Harp Pierre's already there. He presses play on the shit. And Black Rob's like, this is trash. I don't want to do this song. And he's like, yo, nah, you got to do it. Trust me, it's going to be a hit. Trust me, it's going to be a hit. And he talked about how Harp Pierre basically had to coach him through getting him to do Whoa. Yeah. Um, but that is the record that greenlit him getting an album because Puff had no intention of even putting out an album. Right. So, uh, yeah. Joe Hooker, uh, also Harp Pierre, is my, my biggest highlight on this record. That's some good information there. So I think that the other thing, too, that I like about this album is like i said you know Puff daddy is an executive producer but a lot of the beats mm-hmm. on here are pretty good yes you know um i feel like this is an album many aspects of this album mm-hmm. are you know something that nas wish he could have done you know what i mean mm-hmm. like a lot of these beats nas would have like destroyed this shit uh right. i don't know who's picking beats for nas and i don't know why you know the reason why the reason why i bring up nas is because on one of the episodes we talked mm-hmm. about i think it was uh, i am we talked about how can we mm-hmm. make that a classic what kind mm-hmm. of executive producer could Nas work with? And I mentioned Fat Joe, which I actually, I still yeah. think is a good pick. Uh-huh. You had mentioned Puff Daddy, and I was like, nah. Mm-hmm. But hearing <laughs> this album, yeah, maybe it would have worked. Yeah. Maybe it would have worked. So, um, and because there's a lot of really good production on here. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of songs, uh, and we yeah. can we can discuss you know each song as, as I mentioned it. If it's a highlight for you, just go ahead and piggyback off of that. Or actually, okay. why don't you get into some of your general highlights first, and then we can get okay. into our song highlights. Yeah. So Harv Pierre obviously is my my biggest highlight. Um, I think Black Rob as a an autobiographist, right? Okay. Like when he's telling us about his life, 
I think he's in his zone and he he really goes in. Okay. Um, the production, particularly the orchestral arrangements. Yes. yes. Sounding um, a lot they, like, you know, Biggie Life After Death. Yes. When they add in, when the, when those orchestras come in, yes. it's it's amazing. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so I mean those are my main main highlights. I think the locks is great on the song that they um did even though that song is from way back when when the locks was doing their album. Yeah, let's talk um, about that real quick because sure. You know, I thought that at this point they had gone to Rough Riders. Yes, and so I'm assuming that this song was recorded way back and then Puff, because I guess he had the rights to it, was just able to put it on this record, I guess. So if you remember when we did the Locks episode, I, I mentioned that, right? Uh, they recorded that song for their album yeah. and uh, when they were on Bad Boy. And then and then Puff held it and was like, nah, I want this for Black Rob's album. <laughs> and so they and they were mad because they wanted it on I'm their sure. album. And he was it's like, It's a dope nah. record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was probably just like a one last fuck you from from Puff <laughs> to, to the Locks because at the time now Locks is on is on Rough Riders right and he, and he, he greenlit that for this project yeah, it's a good song though <laughs> yeah um and then G Dep um G Dep is a highlight he was strong he's on a this highlight yeah and and if you remember we didn't even really know who G Dep was at the time right no. Special Delivery is is years later Le- and, so and don't forget let's get it yeah, and by the way it, by, right. by, by the way I just have to say. Um, <laughs> Let's Get It has my favorite ever bar from Black Rob, and it's not even his verse. It's just his ad lib to start. Let's get it. They said that I'm a Rottweiler, and I'm from the Rottweiler house to Rottweiler, New York. That's my favorite Black Rob bar. Period. Oh man, I love I love Black Rob, but um, I, I love I love how Black Rob and G Dep rap together i almost mm-hmm. i feel like it's like a bad boy version of like of like ghost and ray like yeah. I, I don't know they they complement each other really yeah. well um so i think i think he was a really good addition on here but those are my my overall hi- highlights all right so i think that this album starts pretty strong the sequencing mm-hmm. is good and even though mm-hmm. you know i don't like whoa is very mm. well placed as the third track. So, you know, mm. we'll just get into it. So Life Story, um, mm. yeah, that's a definitely a very good starter track to the album. Um, and I was I was it, digging it. It might be my favorite record on this project. Yeah, and it's, I it's think a good it's one. an excellent start to the album. Yeah, uh, it's very strong. Yeah. And, um, you know, transitioning into Woe is a very good pick. And let's just mm. talk more about Woe. I mean, I think the reason yeah. why I didn't like it then had to do with the lyrics right um and you mentioned juvenile's ha but the thing is juvenile actually rhymes during ha you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. yes he might end every single bar with huh but like the word before that rhymes with like so it's like you know that's you with that badass bins huh that's you that can't keep your old lady because you keep fucking her friends huh you know what i'm saying like black (laughs) rob doesn't do that you know what I mean? He's like, uh, uh, I had this bitch uptown, she was whoa. Had me fucked up in the head, I mean, whoa. Bought the bitch diamonds and pearls. I mean, like, there's no rhymes there. Right? It doesn't mean he yeah. doesn't rhyme at all throughout the song, he does. Yeah. But yeah. I like, I noticed that right then. I remember yeah. thinking about that when I heard the song and I'm like, this is whack. Now, yeah. think, looking back on it, the song has aged well. Maybe because you guys played the fuck out of it so much and I was forced to just bounce to it. You know what I mean? But the beat, the beat goes hard. I, I can't yeah. lie. The beat goes hard. Um, yeah. I just, you know, it's fine. It's, it's whatever. Yeah, man. I miss the days of having, you know, 
an orchestral sample and hard drums yeah. and you could put that out as a single. Like, I mean, because <laughs> it, it wouldn't work today, but but I, I, I really love that beat. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think I think this is a great a great single. Yeah. No, it 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 is obviously it was a great single. Just because I didn't like it doesn't mean I don't recognize it was a great single. Um, I mean, it was it was a huge huge record. And like I yep. said, we were still bumping this all of first year and my my entire first year in college, which came out, you know, you know after like a full year has to go around and this song was still the jam. Um, <laughs> yeah. Man, I couldn't I could not understand why everybody liked this song so much, but it, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. But uh, yeah. you know. You know, going into um, looking at us, that is, you know, that's the same sample that Inspector Deck. The streets is rough elevation. out here. Yes. Yeah. Look, here's what I here's what I'll say. Um, Stay true. The song on yes. Supreme Clientele is the yes. best song of the three that uses these. This yes. Beat. As a By song, far. but but it's because of the way they make the song. It's because of you know yes. Ghostface's yes. contributions. The 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 hook. Everything, yep. this, that, and the other. But yep. the the beat for looking at us, this shit is fire. And this is absolutely a beat I would have tried to make in college. In fact, like if you were gonna put the two songs together and just give me the beats, I'd spit over this um this looking at us beat. Really? If I'd spit on this before I spit on Stay True. Yes, I, I would. think I, I I'm going Stay True, man. I, the, the no, way no, Stay RZA, True is a better song for sure. Yeah, it's a but better even song. the beat, I just the, way with this RZA, beat the way RZA EQ'd and mixed that yes, shit, yes, it's no doubt. so smooth. No doubt, no doubt. And like this one is more choppy to me. Like, it is. I like it Stay is. True I'm just talking yeah. about like just in terms of like just put a beat on and spit. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not ta- talking about in terms of like what is a better contribution to an album, what makes a better mm-hmm. song, mm-hmm. what beat makes for a better song. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Obviously, that yeah, goes yeah, to yeah. stay true. I'm right. just talking about just like it's just put a, a beat on to just spit. Like I would mm-hmm. totally, I totally yeah. would have tried to make this beat in college for sure. Yeah. Um. For sure. And you know, I like the contribution from, from CeeLo Green as well. So mm-hmm. that's uh that's that to me is a, is a big highlight. Sorry, okay. Um. You don't know me. Uh, it's probably because of you know Joe Hooker, uh, Har Pierre, but uh, mm-hmm. you know it's just mm-hmm. I'm not even really paying attention to a lot of the lyrics on here. It's just <laughs> it, like that hook is a makes for a really really good song, and it makes me uh-huh. want to listen to the entire song, even if I'm not really paying attention to the lyrics. So um, I'm a, I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit, okay. and and this is also a highlight for me. So the the song is a highlight. The hook is actually a, a, a good hook, like from the perspective of how it's written. Mm-hmm. But I really think that Harv Pierre is really bad at singing. And I, I don't think he wow. takes singing okay. seriously, right? Um, and, and with I Dare You, it's bearable to me. Like, I like I, I like I Dare You. It, I, it sounds I, good. It's really I just, good. Ah, man, it just uh, works but, for but me for some reason. I think it's because he sounds so me, unique. Yeah, with You Don't Know Me, like, I really can tell that he can't sing and yeah. it bothers me. And That's I fair. think I would have liked this song better if they had 112 um, sing harmonies on it. Because okay. I think I, I'm fine with his voice being there, but he just, like, he started to, his voice started to annoy me on that hook, personally. I got you. Right. Yeah. Well, but you anyway. know, right after You Don't Know Me, uh, we get into mm-hmm. Can I Live featuring the locks, and obviously, you know, oh, man, I love it. Um, it's a little too long. I'm not <laughs> sure if I need Sheik Luch on it, particularly because I'm not pre- fond of Sheik Luch. I know that I think is it Amos who swears by Sheik Luch. Yeah, Amos does. He can continue Sheik. doing that. Um, you know, <laughs> I, whatever. Um, but shout out to Amos. Yeah, but aside from that, you know, uh, this is obviously a dope record. Jada Kiss is just is fire. Um, yeah. Everything he does pretty much is dope. Man, um, I like know, everybody on there. You mentioned you mentioned D Dep. Br is a good record, but mm-hmm. the one that I actually kind of like 
is the one after that. I have to say, yeah. Thug's story is a highlight. And the reason why it's a highlight is because, first of all, plenty of people had done the, you know, I guess. Children's Story. Yeah, they've done their own rendition of Children's Story. You right, know, right. Um, uh, Most Def did it. He switched up the beat. Uh, so a couple a couple other people did it as well, I think. Yeah. But the reason why I like Black Rod's rendition is because he actually does like his own second verse. Which sounds like it would be in like the scheme of what Slick Rick did, but it's he doesn't like there's no pattern to copy, so he does his own thing on that. And then again, they add in the orchestral strings to kind of round out the song. And I'm like, okay, this is like you you clearly take the beat, you're clearly taking the song, but you're actually adding on to it. Um, I could fuck with it. So that to me is a highlight. And then after that, my last highlight in terms of the song is I Dare You. Um, right. And again, you know, I'm not saying Joe Hooker can sing. I'm just saying mm-hmm. I like the way he sounds, I particularly on this on this track, on this hook. And yeah. I just like that hook. I yeah. just I love I, I love it. it. I love everything about it. So yeah. <laughs> so I'll run mine real quick because uh, you 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 got most of mine. Uh, Life story is my favorite song on the joint. Um, I love records that tell us who the artist is, and yeah. I think Black Rob is pretty good at telling us who he is as a person. So mm-hmm. I really like that joint. Uh, Whoa, of course, you know. I mean, we 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 kind of ran it into the ground, but I, I can't state enough how this record revived Bad Boy's brand. Yeah, like probably. you know, Bad well, Boy at least was in trouble for the hip hop side, but yeah, yeah, Bad Boy was in trouble, mm-hmm. and um and and so that that was a, a huge record for them. Um, Espacio is a highlight for me. Um, <laughs> I feel like it could be better. Yeah, okay, but that beat is really good. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that joint. You don't know me as a highlight. Can I live as a highlight? You mentioned both of those. Mm-hmm. Um, Jasmine is actually a bit of a highlight. Okay. Um, you know, just because I, I feel like he kind of tried to do the whole big thing and give yeah. us the you know the way big tells stories. Yeah. Um, but you know, kind of did it in a in a mob deep you know chick setting you up type of a, a way. And so I, I, I like I like you know that he that he did that. Okay. And then. I love you, baby. Would be a highlight, but I mean, it's just a carryover from from No Way Out. Yeah, um, yeah. And then, but but I mean, same for I Dare You, right? It's a highlight, but that was on the Slam soundtrack, like oh, was know, a couple years before. Yeah, oh. it was on a soundtrack, and then that's why it's at the very end. It's just a bonus cut from a from a soundtrack. Oh, okay. So uh, I, I like both of those records, but they're both you know just kind of bonus cuts. Mm. So those are my highlights. Okay. So yeah, let's uh let's go right around into lowlights. Do you do you want to start yeah. or, or should, I, sure. should I kick it off? Go ahead. I personally think that looking at us, I don't I don't think it's a highlight. I think it's a low light. Like okay. I but but I think it's a low light for me because stay true is just so good yeah. Yeah. that every time I hear that sample, all I can think of is that 60-second assassin hook and that beat, and they're just better to me. Mm-hmm. Um so that's a low light. Down the line joint is the ultimate low light to me. Yeah. I don't understand how you can use so much star power and waste. It's almost like, it's almost like (laughs) I say this a lot at work, right? You'll get on a conference call or or get in a meeting and you have 20 executives and they're all sitting in the room Mm -hmm. and you're like, can you imagine how expensive this meeting is? If you take everybody's billable, their, their hourly rate, and you, you multiply that across for how long we sat in this room, 
we wasted this much money. That's yeah. how I feel about this song. You literally fucking wasted this many people's time. The yeah. beat is not good. The song is not good. The verses aren't that good. Like, it's the worst excuse for a posse cut you possibly could have. And on an album that seems like they're serious about what they're doing, I don't know how you make a posse cut that's this bad. Yeah. Did you have anything else to say about it? So, yeah, I mentioned that Puff Daddy is a highlight as an executive producer. Puff Daddy is a low light as a rapper on this album, <laughs> just as a just as a vocal presence. And here's the all thing, right, right? right? When I was younger, I never liked Puff Daddy. Um, never liked him. But you know, I, I liked I liked the Biggie albums, and I learned to tolerate Puff Daddy's contributions. And I think. Recently, we were talking about how like Puff Daddy is actually good on a lot of his ad libs on Life After Death. Like they just mm-hmm. they work, and right. I think because of that, I had gotten to a space where like I just kind of tolerated Puff Daddy. It's like yeah, you know he he wasn't all that bad. Um, obviously, you know he didn't write anything, but like you know he he wasn't all that annoying. He did contribute some things. And then I listened to this, and I'm like, it reminded me of all the reasons why I fucking hated Puff Daddy back in the day. He's trash on this album. Just as it's like, he just sounds bad. And you know what? He knows he sounds bad on this album because he knows where he does sound good. He has sounded good. Not on this album. He sounds awful. And the fact that I think he starts off down the line, doesn't he? He might. I don't remember. This song is so bad that I just have to turn it off every time it comes on. You you know what I will say, though? Um, The only reason why this song could be made redeemable is because I guess it's Mark Curie. When I first heard him, he kind of reminded me of Eric Sermon. So then I was like, Mm -hmm. without looking at the credits, I was like, oh, this Mm -hmm. must be an Eric Sermon beat. Wouldn't it be dope if Redman was on this track? Redman would have killed this (laughs) shit. But, you know... know, that's something I will say, um, and and I'll, I'll kind of put it in the low light and the highlight column. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit later in the chronology of Bad Boy, when we get Bad Boy for Life and we get Let's Get It and those those yeah. records that that they put out later, uh, Mark Curry becomes the pen behind behind Puff. He write, okay. writes a lot of those records for him. Who was it before? This, was it Sauce, was it Sauce Money? Sauce uh, Money and Big not, Big Sauce Money It was a bunch yeah. of people Yeah uh, I think even the Locks Wrote some of his yeah. Earlier I stuff think right but, but I think This album is almost like Mark Curry Like experimenting With his pen Because okay. he's not good On this album <laughs> But like I feel like I feel like This is like Really him getting his legs To becoming You know Who he becomes When he when he gives us These hit records later And um, for a lot of people That don't know Mark Curry um, Actually wrote a book called something like dancing with the devil or something about how puff is like the devil and illuminati and all this other shit years later mm-hmm. but uh mark curry is, is somebody alive? who was still alive after talking that shit that's a good question i had to check that out but uh but yeah mark curry was somebody who was was you know bad boy staff helped write a lot of records um and then later ended up one of the disgruntled people who were previous employees of puff so okay so um the skits. Um, there there <laughs> sure. are a couple skits that, that I think still go. Um, yeah. I, li- I, I like the Miss Barry skit. I, w- I wouldn't put it at the beginning of the album, but I, but I thought it goes with the with you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the <laughs> I thought the championship skit was funny, but I, but it did it, 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 it. I didn't need it. Like why no. why is it there? Like no. Black Rob uh, shoots a three. Oh, he's money from out there. Like what what is it? What what does that mean? Yeah. So I just think all. All the skits, for the most part, were unnecessary. Like, why? Yeah. Um, so that's a low light. Um, a low light. 
Puff Daddy making a song called Puff Daddy World Tour on someone named Black Rob's album. Yeah. Um, the song's not even that bad, but my nigga, like, what kind of hubris do you have to have to make a whole song that's about yourself on somebody else's album, like, and it's their debut album, like, you can keep this song because it's not a bad song, but, like, at least change the name to something where you're not making it about yourself because that's annoying as fuck. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like Thug Story wasn't necessary. That's fair. Now, I, 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 I like the points that you made about it, mm-hmm. um, and, but we've talked about how I feel about people like remaking records. Right. Like, like I, I'm not a big fan of when, when Dipset does it. I'm not a big fan of when you just like kind of take a beat of a song that we already love and then you do your own take on it. I'm just kind of like, meh. Yeah. Um, and then my last low light is Spanish Fly. Jesus. And, and, and I'll tell you why. Like, I actually don't think it's a terrible record. I made myself listen to it three times. The first time I heard it, I was like, this shit is fucking horrible. But it's not horrible. The reason why is because it's a waste of everybody's fucking time. So <laughs> J-Lo at the time is a megastar, right? Yeah. One of the only reasons we still care about Puff at the time is because he's dating J-Lo. Yeah. So, so Puff obviously calls in a favor and says, hey, J-Lo, I've got this artist. He's not great at rapping, and nobody really gives a fuck about him. Oh, it's perfect, so we're trying to put his album out. Right. We're trying to put his album out. He's from Spanish Harlem, so we're going to try to play up this whole, you know, he speaks Spanish thing. Can you give us some of your Latin flavor? Don't waste her fucking time. Make a hit record. This yeah, needs true. to be a single. How do you have a, a record with J-Lo in this time frame? This is before Shine shot the fucking club up and then and then J-Lo walked on, on Puff. So, yeah. so we actually care about what J-Lo's doing at this time. Make her some shit that's going to be a hit. Don't waste her time. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's a low light to me is because I feel like this song is a waste of time and, and it shouldn't have been a waste of time. No, uh, so I, I'm gonna piggyback on that low light before I yeah. get to my other ones. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think at this point I, I was starting to grow tired of the album, and to hear J Lo sound so bad on a record at this point just made it <laughs> compound. It just made it even worse. I yeah. wasn't even gonna get into it as deeply as you did. I was just like, look, yeah. this shit is trash. Um, <laughs> she sounds horrible. She does sound bad. And I in, was... in fact, she's not even the only one who sounds bad. I think on the previous track, I Love You Baby, I don't know who the vocalist is on there, but that vocalist doesn't sound good either. That's fair. Um, I, I think yeah. at least in the other one, it's almost like the girl's just kind of trying to sound sexy. She's not really singing, singing. Yeah. Uh, my, my issue with J-Lo is that she like actually tries to do runs and ad-libs in the background. It's like, yo, fam, like you're bad. I If I was going to tune this record up, I would probably have Faith Evans do the, right. the backgrounds. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, let her sing her her trash on, and then let let Faith Evans like stack harmonies and things on it to make it sound like it's worth us listening to. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what are your other lowlights? Some other lowlights. Mm. Okay, just general lowlights. I mean, I have to say, Black Rob. You know, I, I don't <laughs> mind him as a personality. I think he does okay. have personality. I think he does have presence. Um, mm-hmm. He is a unique voice. Like he doesn't sound Very. like anyone else, and that is a yep. benefit. Yeah, but he's not good. Like <laughs> none of those positives, they don't change anything. Like he's not good. Um, I don't like him lyrically, and yeah, I, I just, I just, I don't think he's good. If we're gonna get into the songs that I don't like, I mean, you already kind of mentioned, yeah. you know, the first one. Um, uh-huh. Down the line, joint was just. Uh-huh. 
god awful. It is bad. It definitely is bad. Um, you know, and then you have like like PD World Tour could actually like be okay, but yeah. Puff Daddy's just on there being stupid. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> one of your highlights to me is a low light, and that's this Jasmine uh-huh. record. Yeah. I even went back to listen to this record like yeah. with the lyrics because I wanted to make sure. Sometimes I do that with stories. I a hundred percent knew you were gonna say yeah, what you're and gonna I was say, like. So go ahead. <laughs> I was like, I think I know what's going on here, but like, I don't know who this Jasmine girl is to Black Rob. I don't know why he cares so much. We meet her and she's stripping for some dudes and he's like mm-hmm. stalking her, I guess. Yeah. And it, it, then I, I, it was... turns out that she's been setting him up. Okay, why are you being stupid? <laughs> I, I don't I don't really get it. Um, Man, you story mentioned was hard that, to follow. I think you mentioned that it gave you some vibes of, of who? I was saying he was kind of trying to emulate like, you know, Big's storytelling, but then give it like a Mob Deep kind of twist. Oh, right, right, right. With the girl. Right, right, with the girl. Right. For me, it kind of gave me like a Nas vibe just because of the beat and just because of like the loser aspect of it. Because right around this time, like Nas is like really feeling sorry for himself. So he's putting like loser right. love stories out here where he wants to kill himself. And then, oh, on the on the, on the the unreleased track, I'm going to wake up as a king in heaven. What? Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, that's yeah, that's uh, that's me is definitely a low light. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that there's a, I think there's a lot of potential on this album, but there's a mm-hmm. lot of like individual choices that they made that are just kind of like, why did you do this? And you right. know that would probably be a, a good place for us to transition into and make it a classic, make it a classic. Um, because I do think this album did have potential. It does sound yeah. good. So yeah. you know, why don't you start it off with the, the make it a classic? What what exactly would you do? Sure, I basically have my my classic is gonna be is gonna be conceptual. Um, that's fine. Be, be, and, and, and it's kind of, you know, a concept that has two, two kind of objectives, right? Okay. Um, one objective is to save bad boy records. <laughs> All right. Um, I like it. So, you know, and, and I'll, I'll give you the kind of background narrative as to why and how we're going to try to do this. Um, okay. So we're at the point in where, where, you know, we're just like, what the fuck puff. You know what I'm saying? Like, my man's been airballing for, you know, a couple of years now. <laughs> yes. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you he, know what? He's been scrambling, I think is what yes. it is. He's been scrambling. Yes. So, so he has an amazing run in 97, 98, right? right. Uh, end of 98, he releases Room 112. Mm-hmm. Fire, right? D- joint, joint, joint is, is, is ill. So then around this time, I think Mace starts to realize he's getting jerked, right? right. So then Mace kind of decides he's going to try to put out his, his homies and he's going he's gonna to come out with his own label called All Out. I think this is when Kuda Love and Huddy and all these cats from Harlem were trying to help him do mm-hmm. his own thing. So he puts out Double Up, his second album. Trash. <laughs> Tell you how trash it is. <laughs> this is 1999, right? My third grade gym teacher is going platinum. The album goes gold and you're Mace. You're the, one of the biggest artists in the whole world. I don't even remember any of the singles from, from this album. It was that bad. Right. Um, then Puff comes out with the album. August 24th, PD Forever. Um, with that terrible Public Enemy number one song and the fake Loonies song with, with J-Lo on it. Right. Um, everybody's still like, what the fuck? Um, at this point in time, you know, it's like, what, what's going on with Bad Boy? Um, he goes out and he signs Shine, and then people are like, "How did you find a skinny Belizean kid that sounds like like big? Like, which, you know, which, what are you I doing?" Think, 
I don't think he sounds like Big at all. But I, I understand did, at the time. He did kind of at the time. And then yeah, I don't yeah. know why I thought that because I don't think he sounds anything like Big. But go ahead. He, he intentionally was making himself sound that way, I think. Yeah. Because later in his career, he sounded nothing like that. Right. But anyway, um, so so you you know you you get you get the 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 carbon copy big, uh, and at the time you know he, he doesn't have these huge records that we love now. You know, Bad Boy and the um the joint with Barrington Levy. Um, so you know we're just like, why, why did you sign like a fake big? Everybody's right. like, what's going on? So so he gets tired of failing, and so he gets a bunch of big acapellas together and puts and puts out Biggie's a Biggie album yeah. with with Born Again, right? right. So that kind of saves us a little bit because he has Dead Wrong. He gets Eminem on the joint. Eminem is one of the biggest artists at the time. Yes, he is. So you know you, you finally put something out that somebody wants to listen to. Good job. Then you know he he comes into 2000 and you know everybody he's he's still kind of like you said he's kind of flailing. And so people want to know what's going on and whoa saves them, right? So with this album, I want to kind of reset the label. Um, and so I think what Puff should have done here is he should have kind of similar to like an Only Built for Cuban Links, um, kind of highlighted, created a story that highlights who, who he has on his roster. Yeah. But makes it fit into the narrative because I want to know like like who is Shine who who who's still there because because Mace seems like he's leaving the locks right. is left already like who do you have on your on your um thing so I kind of want him to create something where you know Black Rob and G Dep are kind of like my you know Ghost and, and Ray right so Ray is is Black Rob G Dep is Ghost I like that um I like that a lot and actually. and because the two of them are are like a good good balance and then <clears throat> i want to create a story that weaves in shine faith evans carl thomas mark curry 112 whoever is on the label but they they kind of become a part of the narrative of of the story that we're trying to tell mm -hmm. which comes to the second piece of the album i think that black rob shines the most when he tells us about who he is as a person and so I, the concept of the album, I want it to be kind of like a therapy session for Black Rob. Yeah. So essentially it's Black Rob telling these stories about the things that make him who he is. And then we're kind of just exploring like how these different experiences that he's had, you know, made him who he is. And then these other characters kind of advance the narrative and they, they just kind of weave in and out. So um, from a track by track, that's the concept of the album. Uh, from a track by track, I'll just go through the records that I'm actually going to keep, mm -hmm. um, and then just assume everything that I don't mention is out. So, <laughs> um, so I'm keeping life story, of course, and I think it's perfect the way it is. You don't know me. I add one twelve on the hook, okay, um, just to kind of to stack with with Joe Hooker's, um, you know, uh, hook. The Miss Barry intro, I keep it as a skit, but I put it somewhere else in the order. Um, and and that kind of becomes a common theme. So so with the Miss Barry skit and with the, the Mad Rapper skit, those are the two skits that I want to keep. So essentially the skits become people that have experienced Black Rob at different points in his life. And they're telling you their perspectives on Black Rob. So Miss Barry is is someone who he mentions. His mom goes, you know, over to Miss Barry's crib and gets drunk with her all day, and that's why he has a bad, you know, rapport with her. So it makes sense why Miss Barry is telling us about Black Rob, right? right. Um, and then on the Mad Rapper skit, 
Mad Rapper supposedly mm -hmm. was in prison with, with Black Rob. And he talked about how Black Rob was the hardest when I was in prison with him. Cool. So like every other skit, I wanted to be someone else who knew Black Rob at a certain point in his life. And they're telling us something about him from the, their perspective. Ooh, almost like um, a, little, a little Citizen Kane kind of. I like it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That type, type of deal. Okay. Espacio. Um, I'm keeping, but I'd like to add Mace. Keep Little Kim. And I want to make the hook better. Like, okay. I think if this record had a better hook, it would have actually been a hit. Yeah, that was my problem with it as well. Because I was like, you know, the, the beat is okay. Little Kim is fine on it. I was like, why don't I like mm -hmm. it? I, I think you're right. I think it's because the hook is very good. The hook is good. just, it's bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Can I Live? I'm keeping it as it is. I really like it. Uh, Muscle Game. Okay. I I'm feel curious like what, it's you redeemable. See, what you want to do with this. I feel like it's redeemable. Okay. Um, I feel like he needs to kind of hone in on what that message was, um, where it's, you know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Right. And, and talk a little, you know, I think he does a, a pretty good job of kind of talking about that subject matter. And then Puff is kind of doing his little ad lib thing. Huh. But here's where I, I take out Mark Curry because Mark Curry just wasn't good on that. Correct. And I add Shine. Okay. Uh, okay. And this gives us an opportunity to see Shine. And, you know, Shine is, a, he's a street, street rapper. So, you know, we, we get that from him. Um, BR, I keep it. I keep the beat and the verses the same. I just want to make the hook better. I feel like the song could have been elevated if the, if the chorus was better. The chorus on this joint is just like, he just basically says his name. Like, mm -hmm. okay, so what? Uh, Jasmine, I add 112 on the hook. So um, you have 112 and Carl Thomas? Yes. Okay. I feel like Carl power. Thomas was not... His performance was just okay. It, it left something to be desired. So I agree. I like Carl Thomas. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I really like hit the hits in his catalog. Like they're yeah. some of my favorite hits. But um, and and what do you think about like Carl Thomas on Biggie's album? The mm -hmm. um, uh, the the uh, the world, the world is filled is with pills and hoes. Yeah. You go from that Carl Thomas to this Carl Thomas, it's like, dude, man, what happened? Because he's <laughs> yeah. awesome on the world is filled with pimps and hoes. He's amazing on there. <laughs> Um, so, and then, uh, Spanish fly, right? I think that they need to just either, they can keep this song, right? It's, it's not that bad. It, you can keep it just cause it ha has a JLo feature, but then I, I want another JLo song. I need a smash single with JLo on it because that's going to be your opportunity to actually sell me some records if I'm puff. I got you. So, um, then <laughs> you, you'll love or hate this idea. Um, but for looking at us. I, I scrap it, um, and I make Stay True 2 <laughs> with Ghostface and 60 Second Assassin. Keep the CeeLo verse, because the CeeLo verse is hard. Yeah. But I'm sorry. I just Stay True is just too good for somebody else to even use that sample. That's how good you. that shit is. Um, and then, whoa, obviously, I'm keeping it. I just personally would move it back in the order a little bit. Really? I, I really like I, it in the, in, in the front. I, I I know you do. I just think that for the story that I'm trying to tell with this yeah. kind of therapy session, I, I want Woe to be in a... So I like the vulnerability of life story. Mm -hmm. And I like how it's kind of audiobiographical and it, and it tells me, like, these are the t terrible things that happened to me early in my life. And that's the reason why I'm the way I am. So by the time we get to Woe, he should have a little bit more of a a... a powerful and you know i'm owning my my life narrative as opposed to like these are the things that i was a victim of so that's why i'm moving it back because of the type of album that i'm trying to create 
Okay. Um, and then lastly, down the line joint was terrible. I yeah. want some sort of a posse cut here. Yeah. I don't know if you got to call it 24 more hours and just have another 24 hour to live or what, but give me something where I can actually hear what the, the firepower of the label is. Um, and then my bonus cuts <clears throat> are, are still I Love You and I Dare You. I'm adding the Woe remix. The reason I'm adding the Woe remix is because it's such an absurd absurdly long song i think it was like 13 minutes uh do you remember this joint uh vaguely it had beanie siegel g depp debrat rod digga lil c's puff daddy shine mad rapper joe hooker and it might have had somebody else it That's was like it was a lot of people but the only reason i would keep it there is because this is still a time frame where people are buying cds and yeah. they want to get a lot of bang for their buck yeah. so me putting it as a bonus cut gives me a lot of firepower in terms of names and it gives me you know a longer running time so people might be more likely to buy my album that makes sense That's mine. okay so unfortunately i don't have as an extensive make it a classic as you do because i couldn't mm -hmm really wrap my head around how I can make this a classic. And I think the reason why is because I just don't think Black Rob is good enough yeah. to be the focal point of a classic album. Mm. I do like a lot of the suggestions that you're making. And I think mm. that if you were really trying to make a piece of music that could you know, really stand the test of time, um, those would probably be the things that, that I would want to do. Yeah. This album isn't, isn't bad. Um, it's yeah. got a lot of good things on it. It's just got a little tweak. So basically for me, I think that I'm not sure if I have any like strong con any one strong concept to make it an album, mm -hmm. but there are some things that I would clean up to actually, in my mind, like make it better than what it is. Okay. I mean, you know, I like looking at us just just the mm -hmm. way it is. Mm -hmm. um, I like the way that this starts, even with the Miss Berry intro, life story. Whoa. Um, I would probably get rid of all these drive, uh, all these interviews, <laughs> unless yeah. they actually had something to do with the, the concept of the album, like something that what you were talking about. Right. Um, I do agree with you about Espacio, that the hook isn't very good. Mm -hmm. um, Can I Live? I don't need Chic Luch on there. <laughs> PD World Tour, I don't think I need that song at all. Yeah. Muscle Gang, uh, Muscle Game. Um, Puff Daddy is really annoying me with these ad-libs. They're just, <laughs> they're just bad. That being said though, mm. I believe him when he says like, we'll get all your music off the air. and. Not, remove your erase your social security number <laughs> that does seem like some shit he might want to do uh, um yeah thug story even though thug story was a highlight to me mm. i probably wouldn't have it on the album yeah. um i just happen to like the song mm -hmm. uh, but I, I wouldn't keep it on the album jasmine i mean i like the beat and i like that it's a beat that you can tell the story too i yeah. just want a better story and maybe have you know maybe have like g Depp featured on there or someone mm. someone featured on there yeah that makes um, sense you need a stronger performance from Carl Thomas. I'm not sure yes. if adding 112 is going to help that. Yeah. But I agree. I mean, you know, for Carl Thomas to be as strong as he is, especially this time, and for him to make this kind of contribution, it's yeah. kind of weak. Yeah. It was um, weak. Spanish Fly. I mean, I agree that if you're going to have J Lo on the record, you need to make it. You need to have a a smash. Mm. But I mean, for me, I would almost want to add some records like with Faith or add mm. a, a record with Mary J. I mean, mm -hmm. what is Puff Daddy's track, rack, track record with Mary J. Blige? You know what I mean? It's, yeah. like, it's nothing but hits. That's Even true. when he does like remixes for other artists on other labels, mm -hmm. it's nothing but a hit. Yeah. So, you know, that's like your homie. Fucking hook it up. Facts. You know, you, you need a lifeline and there's no other better lifeline in hip hop 
hip hop soul than Mary J. Blige. I mean, like Facts. she's the one. Facts. So I would try to get a record with her on it. I don't necessarily know how it would sound, but yeah. I think that if you wanted to kind of do the concept that you're talking about, uh-huh. I mean, that's like who who else does like heartbroken soul better that's than real. Mary J. I think no one. So she needs to be on this record. I think what they tried to do is they tried to play up the fact that he's from Spanish Harlem, and that's why we yeah. got Espacio, and that's why we got sure. Spanish Fly. And yeah. I don't I don't have an issue with that. I'm just yeah. talking about like add add some no, of these no, people right. to you're it. Right. You know what I mean? Like Faith Evans can sing. Mm-hmm. Add her on here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, fuck it. Like I think he's worked with Kelly Price as well. Put Kelly Price on here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure if she would really fit, but you know, st- stuff like that. So right. unfortunately, I don't really. There's nothing about Black Rob that sticks out to me, or at least mm-hmm. it stuck out to me when I listened to this, mm-hmm. and like it was clear that like I could make it a classic. So I don't mm-hmm. have as strong an effort as you do, but I yeah. will agree. Mm-hmm. that your concept is a good one that mm-hmm. if at the end of the day vulnerability is like people you know people can resonate with vulnerability yeah, even yeah. if they don't like you mm-hmm. if you're being honest and you're you're you know you're being genuine with things that happen to you yeah. we'll listen we'll pay attention so that's probably the album that he needed to go with but i yeah. think if you're going to do that there's a lot of other material you need to add to this and yeah. i don't necessarily know what those songs sound like yeah you know i, I think just to kind of to stay hitting on this point um it's, so have you heard g depp's album child of the ghetto no okay i have not it, funny enough not to keep sending you back to the well but it's actually <laughs> a similarly good album like okay. it's like an album that has a few really really good like like beats records etc but both are are the the same type of person and and i put mm-hmm. that that type of person in the vein of um you know a, a dmx actually uh, in yeah. some ways the subject matter here especially in some of the early cuts do remind me of it's dark and hell is hot right like this is the the story of a kid that's just like basically raised by the streets, right? Um, doesn't have mm-hmm. a good relationship with their parents. Um, and so they just are, they're acting out in school. They're in the street, just fucking up, just being a dirty little, you know, <laughs> badass kid. You know, he talks about just walking around, just punching people in the face for no reason, stealing, doing all types of crazy shit. And um, I think that there's something interesting about the narrative of that person and what makes that person tick and mm-hmm. you know what's important to that person and i think dmx i mean one dmx kind of more so has the look and is a much more interesting uh person but dmx did a very good job of of kind of shining a light to show you what is in the mind of one of those kids that just walks around doing a bunch of fucked up shit like why am i like this you know what 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 are the complexities like am i just a bad person or you know do i have like another side where you know these are the certain things that are important to me. And I right. think that DMX did a very good job of making that persona endearing to us. And I think that, you know, it may be a bit more of a struggle because, you know, one, Black Rob is not a, as good at rapping as, no, as DMX is. And two, Black Rob doesn't have as much charisma as DMX does. He does not. <clears throat> but it would be interesting to see, like, what makes that kind of person tick. And I think that would make us it would be compelling for us to listen to his album. You know what I mean? I'm not sure if it would be compelling for me, but I would agree that for Black Rob to make a compelling album, those are the things that he would need to do. I agree with that for sure. Yeah. 
So like um, like he was um on 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 the on the Combat Jack uh episode that I was talking about which which is is, is kind of interesting if you uh, have an opportunity to listen to uh Rest in Peace Combat Jack. I'm a huge fan and he's definitely somebody who's inspired, you know, us to create this. But um, you know, Black Rob is not didn't seem like the most the easiest person to interview, right? Like he's just mm. not the most charismatic and compelling person. But um they, he asked him about, he's like, yo, on the I Love You Baby song, you talked about how you ran out of bullets and you started throwing bottles. He was like, that's something that you're either a very imaginative writer or that happened in real life. Like, tell mm-hmm. us about it. And so he tells this whole story, which is crazy about how, you know, this dude runs up on him. He's like, yo, I'm about to do some harm to you, shorty type of a deal. You know, and he's like, yeah, whatever. Dude pulls out a gun and starts shooting at him. And he didn't have... He didn't have a gun, so he just like ran away, and he's like hiding, like throwing bottles at the dude, trying to get get him to go away. Like those types of stories are really interesting, you know. And yeah. I, I feel like if you can weave that into, you know, like a painting the picture and a portrait of of your life, those are the types of things that will entertain people. So no, I, I, yeah, anecdotes like that, um, they're always good. Yeah, so. but um, I don't have anything else to add. What about you? Nah, I don't have anything else to add. Hopefully you enjoyed the album. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to pull you into uh, to the bad boy world. No, but, uh, it, it was a good listen. Yeah. It was a good listen. I just, it, especially considering that I have, you know, very low expectations. Um, mm-hmm. It was a good listen. And, you know, the, the production is clean in, in many parts. Um, yeah. I don't agree with all the decisions, but I understand why they were made. Like, mm-hmm. there's a few... There's few laughable decisions on this album. The main one being the um, the down the line joint is yeah. laughable. Yeah. But like, whereas like Mace's album Harlem World, there's a lot more laughable decisions on that, Facts. and that's an album that is probably like generally better received in the hip hop community, or at yeah. least it's spoken about yeah. more. Um, and Puff Daddy does that a lot on a lot of his projects, like just mm-hmm. laughable ideas. And I think yeah. that this is this is an album they took serious, so I can respect that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, look. Black Rob has limitations. Right. And Puff Daddy was scrambling at this time. And when we mean scrambling, I mean, you know, when you lose arguably the greatest hip hop talent of all time, right. arguably, right. you're going to scramble. Yeah. And, you know, that's what he was doing. He was scrambling. He lost two, so, two really, because yeah, after Mace. Big, then Mace, Mace started trying to do his own thing. Then he went, yeah. went to the church and all nine. So, yeah. So, but um, yeah, I think that should wrap it up for this Put You Up slash Make It A Classic for Black Rob's debut album, Life Story. Yes, sir. Uh, for folks that have been tuning in, we really appreciate y'all. If there's mm-hmm. any albums that you want us to cover, definitely please leave those in the comments. Anything else to add? No, I think that should do it. All right, peace. Peace. I had this bad bitch of town, she was old. Had me fucked up in the head, I mean. Bought the fish, diamonds, and pearls, I mean. Should've seen them shit shining on the wrist. Now money ain't a problem, see my dough is like. Pulled out my bankroll on y'all niggas like. Lost the root shrimp from 2 tenths like. Faggy wanna peep my blueprints, I'm like. Had to hit the brakes on y'all niggas like. Niggas getting both on my block like. Coming home within a half an hour like. Front like they had the manpower like. More or less. More so, I rip guitar so I live the fast life. Come through in the poor slow like whoa. My niggas like dough, like dro, nitro, my flow, nice clothes like gold. 
East paint with cocaine like whoa. Now I'm Doc Strange in the range like whoa. 100 miles an hour switching lanes like whoa. Plus I'm getting brain from this chick like whoa. Finger near nigga asshole like whoa. Team floor switches and bitches like whoa. Nine nine tag bins poop like whoa.